Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Just couldn't get, couldn't had to get that one in there, didn't you? <laughs> uh, just another stupid podcast. Yup. Yeah. Cobra Kai style. Cobra Kai. Oh yeah. <laughs> Strike first. Strike um many times with cheeseburger. With cheeseburger. <laughs> I mean no, no karate. I can go for a cheeseburger. Mm, yeah. Hey. hey. Mm. I recognize that voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got Joe and Jared and me. Yes. We're the three best friends that anyone's ever had. The three best friends that it. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. We've been watching some old stuff and some new stuff. They happen to tie together mm-hmm. quite well, actually. Yeah, uh, well, let's let's start there. Cobra Kai comes out, and it's like, really? You're gonna make a show about the Karate Kid movies? Mm. Oh, where's Jared? Where's my where's my Jared? Lame. There we go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my initial reaction. Honestly, until you guys suggested that we do a podcast on it, I had no intention of watching it at all. Same, absolutely the same. So the first two seasons came out on YouTube Red. Mm-hmm. We, we were just grinding our gears about YouTube a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote off air. And I think nobody watched the show because who uses YouTube Red? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then the third season got picked up by Netflix. And I think that's when it, which was 2019, I think. Sounds about right. And um, yeah, I think the show really got traction that way. And people started figuring out, wow, this show is really well done mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's pretty good and it's making people go back and watch the old movies which is always fun because 80s movies are awesome uh, some of them spoilers, spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> indeed yeah so in typical jasp fashion we're just gonna talk about everything all at once so so like i said i didn't pick i didn't pick up the seer the cobra kai series until you guys said it we were going to try to do a podcast on it. And then I'm like, I guess. And so I start watching it and my wife starts watching it with me. And it's like, okay, two episodes. And I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad. And then we realize that we get to the end of the first season. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's over already. <laughs> Cause they're already <laughs> half hour long. So yeah, if that, I yeah. think they're like 20 some 22 minutes or something. So it's like, so in, and then at that point we just couldn't stop and we were through all three seasons in like a matter of a couple days. So <laughs> exactly, I w- that's how I did it. I I picked up on it and said I'll just watch a couple episodes and I was like, wow, I got hooked and finished it pretty quickly. And then after lots of arm twisting, finally got Joe to watch it and he's like, yeah, this is pretty good. You guys gotta watch it. And then Jared finally watched it. We never could get Dana to watch it. <laughs> so yeah, it's all good. So here's the nifty thing. I I'm I want to say something about the first season that I slightly annoyed me, but I liked the symmetry. But I'm glad they didn't keep doing that with the rest of the season. I think it would have gotten old really quick. The the first season is very very closely matched to the first movie. Yep, it is. In in basically bad guy versus good guy, bad good teacher versus bad teacher ish 
But it's kind of reversed from the movie. Yes, though. it's exactly the opposite of the movie, which I thought was which is hilarious. Not only hilarious, but I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, I, I actually sent Adam a text, and I, after watching a couple of episodes, I was like, okay, I'm glad I, you got me to watch this, and also I can't believe I'm cheering for Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it completely flips the script. Yeah. But, I, th- I mean, that's really no surprise, though, and I'm glad that I watched the movies before watching the show, because it had been years since I'd watched the movies. And, mm-hmm. you know, the cool thing about Daniel is that, cool thing, downfall, whatever, is that he was always kind of like a whiny little putz. Yeah. Like, he always had some serious issues, and, like, overcoming those issues was, like, the greatest lesson that, you know, yeah, that's, he was that's ever a- taught, you know? So right. he was always kind of a jerk. But did he actually? Well, that's the thing, and it's it was really interesting, especially I think it was in that first season where, like it it shows Johnny remembering high school from his perspective, mm-hmm. and telling and telling the the kid about it, and it's like wow, like when you tell it from that perspective, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different. He was story. kind of a jerk. Yeah. At the same time, you see old Daniel falling back into the same cruxes that were hanging him up in the first movie about his his rivalry with with Johnny. Yeah. And I'm like, "Come on, man, you're older. You should have why? Why is this still a thing?" He's a uh, um Ralph Macchio, is that his name? Yes. Um, I think so. He's like 51. I mean, he looks pretty good for being oh, yeah. 51. It really does follow the uh the uh, story outline for the first movie. They just flipped the script. Said, yeah. Hey, Johnny's not really a bad guy. He was just taught by a complete jerk and crease. Yeah. I mean, he had a bad family life and he taught, he picked the wrong fa- father figure out of crease. So, yeah. I mean, you, it's one of those things where like when you watch the movie originally without seeing the show, well, Johnny's just a dick and he's the bad guy. But you watch the show and you start seeing Johnny as, well, maybe he's not exactly a bad guy. He's he's Daniel. They are very similar. They're basically the same person, just from different teachers, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, that's that's basically what makes Daniel, I guess, more good, if you want to say it that way. Because of all of his interactions with Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly teaching him, you know, patience and kindness and life lessons, etc. So it's, I'm glad that they were like, well, Mr. Miyagi died, you know, whatever, eight, ten years ago. And so now adult Daniel is having issues because he doesn't have him to go back to. Which, of course, later in the series, I think it's second season, where he starts his own dojo back and he sort of starts chilling out again you know because he's back to doing the karate yeah he's back to having focus which he doesn't have when he's not doing it basically kind of the way they play it off and and honestly i like that because it shows and i also like the way that so talking about season one and the end of season one you see johnny literally reliving him and Daniel's fight as it's as the kids are doing it and realizing everything that went wrong in that moment. 
Yeah, it's cool. And it's all really of a sudden cool. he wakes up. All, all of a sudden he wakes up that he's doing the same thing to this to this young kid, and he's like, "Oh my god, I gotta stop," which is great because it's like you finally see Johnny become a the character start t- trying to redeem himself. Yeah, as he's turning into Crease and realizes it, Crease returns into his life. And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> As soon as he walked on Whoopsie. screen, I'm like, oh my god, they brought him back. No. It's awesome. That guy. That I was waiting for him to show up because all the way through that first season, I was like, all right, I definitely can see the groundwork they're laying here. But they're and like they're redeeming Johnny. There's no way that they were gonna turn Daniel into a complete heel, even though they got very close, and I respect that they did. So I was waiting for something to happen. I, I was still surprised when he did show up. I thought it was awesome that they could still get him and that he was still willing to do it, but I figured something like that would have to happen just to keep the story going. Okay, okay so along those lines of people that would return, dude, who didn't return in this show? Exactly. <laughs> I I was shocked. Like, everybody. <laughs> everybody that would be logically alive at the time, you know, 30 years later, whatever they, they've throughout three seasons of the show have come back. It's crazy. It's actually well, I, pretty cool too. I was pretty shocked that Elizabeth shoe came back to be perfectly honest. Yes. Mm, Elizabeth. I mean, shoe it makes shocks it, me. Huh? <laughs> Elizabeth shoe always shocks me. Hey, I, I honestly, so I, I'm, we're now we're going to skip around a lot, but yeah. the, the third season where he goes to uh, is it China? And, and Yes. Where he goes home, basically, to Mr. Miyagi's home. And Looking runs into the guy that that they that he fought at the end of the second movie. I was like, holy crap, they're actually even going to touch this and touch it really for a really long episode. It, for a whole episode, except for like the other stuff where they just like kind of nonchalantly referenced that they literally buried themselves in that second, the end of that second movie for an episode, which was great. <laughs> there was a lot of fantastic callbacks in that whole scene too, because the whole point of his trip over there was he was trying to get that business back from that Japanese manufacturer mm-hmm. of the high end cars to save his business. And yep. then like he figured he's like, all right, well, if I can go back and remember things and he went to Okinawa and, and it ended up being I, I my favorite part about that whole thing. Obviously, it was really cool that that dude that he got into the death match with not only came back but forgave him, and then was like, "Oh, by the way, I still kept getting taught after you left, and there's more that you don't know from Miyagi Do Karate." But then the little girl that he saved during the typhoon ended up being like the international marketing director of the company that he was turned down from and i thought i just really liked how that turned out yeah yeah it's a feel-good movie right like i don't know it is. it'd be interesting to find out if, if people that aren't from our generation or didn't grow up watching karate kid movies would have the same kind of affinity for it that we do but having had the background of those movies and seeing like i i it's gimmicky it's 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 hokey but i really enjoyed it you know like yeah kind of well, like a, a where are they now yeah <laughs> And I'm sure there are not a lot of people who are like, Karate Kid is my favorite franchise in all the world. I get that. Karate Kid, the first movie, is obviously huge in the 80s, especially for us as kids. I mean, you couldn't get away from it. But 
and the other movies not so much but there are um lots of aspects for i think kids nowadays because there's the whole students and high school storyline which thankfully is not overwhelming <laughs> you know it's only like mm-hmm. i don't know 40 to 50 percent of the show yeah so it's not like oh because if this was just a high school drama i definitely would not have watched it but no it is it is not painful at to watch i mean there's certainly moments where you're just like oh my gosh children most <laughs> so i will say i will say this about that most of the super bad like cobra kai like where they're being true dicks like they were in the movie the first movie yeah that stuff for me is hard to watch because it gets overwhelming yeah, at points in the show and i'm like come on <laughs> we needed a redeeming moment here <laughs> come on and i think that was mostly in the second season because wasn't that when what's his face ended up getting hurt yeah yeah the the second season is mostly the dueling um dojos yeah dueling, dueling dojos dueling dojos <laughs> While what's while uh while the bad guy from the first movie is undermining everything Johnny's trying to do. Yeah. So. And I wrote in my notes Johnny trying to use technology, which was hilarious. <laughs> yes. That was hilarious. Everything is hilarious. I especially love that he's like, You didn't go back and like every single picture she's ever posted, did you? And he's like, Why wouldn't I? <laughs> wouldn't I? Oh no. Oh no. I mean I also like that they I gave would... the backstory to Crease. It so it doesn't redeem him because you know, you get the backstory of Johnny and you see that Johnny's trying to make his life better and realizing that he needs to get out of it. But then you see the backstory of Kreese, and while it was really awesome to finally get some of that context, he's not trying to change. He's still stuck in his ways, which, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not a it's not a good it's a good reason why he is the way he is, but it doesn't excuse him not even trying to change. Yeah. Yeah. I've got um different locations that were in the movies that they brought back in the show and it looked just like it like the apartments that what's his name mm-hmm. lives in daniel no not daniel the other kid but the um the new kid miguel miguel, miguel. yeah like, this is his name the new kid on the block oh, oh, oh. I, I'm, it's been like a month and a half since i've watched i know there's, still... there's been so many things i've watched since watching that i was yeah. like when you were like, oh, are we still doing this? I was like, oh, uh, sure. Um, let me refresh <laughs> myself. So, yeah, Miguel lives at the same place that Daniel did when they first moved there. The South Seas apartment. Yeah. So is that really actually, I wonder if that's like the same actual yeah. location or if they had to like make another location look like it. Because that's astonishing if that apartment looks, complex is still around. It looks identical. It really does. And it's definitely not a set, so. Yeah. Yeah. Plus... And then they filmed at the same beach as they did in the first one. Mm-hmm. And the tournament, I'm sure, was a set, but they made it look so much like the one in the first movie. That was really well done. Yep. Yeah. I read about, I, I read some, I've got some fun stuff about the films, too, if you want to do that. <clears throat> Heck yeah. Absolutely. In the second movie, when um, they went to Okinawa. Yep. The uh, filmmakers, who is the same guy who directed the Rocky movies. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Makes sense, though. Um, they actually went to o- Okinawa to look around and decided that it wasn't pretty enough to film there because oh, it's just like all these concrete buildings and stuff. 
So they were like, oh, oh that's we'll funny. film in Hawaii. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. That actually so they, explains a lot. They, they built this village. On, some dude owned, like, I don't know, however many acres in Hawaii. And he's like, yeah, you can just use it. And so they built this village off of, you know, what buildings in Okinawa used to look like. And got a bunch of people who lived in Hawaii who were originally from Okinawa to be all the old people running around that village. Huh. I thought that was pretty cool. It was pretty damn awesome. That's freaking sweet. I'll just go into some of my facts about the movies. Please the do. First, the first Karate Kid made, it cost $8 million to make that movie. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's wild. And it was shot in sequence. Really? Yeah. That, uh, nobody does that anymore. Well, that's why it costs eight million. I guess I don't know, but it made ninety million, so they that would be why it was so popular. And like Jared was talking about, when we were kids, it was on TV all the time, all the time. So when they made a second movie, which cost thirteen million, it made a hundred and fifteen million. Not because it was so much of a better movie, but just because it had become so popular, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually watching the second movie, I actually really enjoyed it as an adult because the movie's about Mr. Miyagi. Yep. Yeah. As a kid, I would hate that. Like, I want more of the kicking and punching, you know, from the kids. The and kicking and the punching and the. Daniel's just annoying in every film, and he needs Mr. Miyagi <laughs> to be like, guide you this way, son. Daniel, son. And that didn't really happen in that movie much. <laughs> well, the second movie is the one that I remember the most. Um, oh, is it? You know, yeah. I mean, I remember the first one, obviously, because, as you said, it was on the TV a lot. Yeah. But the second one was the one that I remembered the most of. And I think it... I mean, it makes sense. The second one came out in 1986, so yeah, that I was makes... a little bit older and remembered it. But the funny thing is, is I didn't even remember the third one. I no. didn't remember it at all. And I don't know if it's because I have never seen it or if I just put it completely out of my memory because, let's be very honest here, it is a god-awful movie. It's bad. I'm pretty it sure is, I've never seen it. It is, if there's, if I were to make a list of the top ten worst movies ever, it would it would have to have a spot on there. Not near the top, probably, but it would definitely have to make that list. It is awful. <laughs> The Karate Kid three cost ten million dollars, but it made forty. That's so it's technically a success. <laughs> that's insane to me. Isn't it? Oh my gosh. The third movie is just Daniel being the most annoying human and then Terry Silvers <laughs> like just making you laugh because he's so ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. Like the the movie on its face doesn't make any sense. No, the story's stupid. So talking about that third that third movie, I loved I loved how they used it in the show though. They turned a crappy movie into a giant teaching moment with Daniel and uh I can't think of in Johnny's kid, I think. Basically oh, yeah, it's like, right. hey, yeah, I wasn't all I wasn't always a good guy and I was a cobra at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm like I'm I'm like they take this crappy movie and like that's why I ended up having to go watch it was I'm like I could completely forgot about that movie, um, 
And I'm like, oh my god, they actually used this as a great reference. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys want some season four spoilers? Not really spoilers, sure. but sure. they actually just dropped a uh, teaser trailer for season four. Oh no! Okay. And all it is is Terry Silvers. Oh no! They're bringing him back for four. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of quotes from him, and then this guy like is with his back to the camera, like sort of turns to look, and it's him. Like, uh, oh my god! I was just so about to say, man, are, man. are they? I was just about to say, are they going to bring him back? They're bringing him back. That's dangerous. It makes sense. I mean, well, he is his story is linked with Crease so yeah, much. Yeah. So if you're gonna resolve that story, well, and if you're gonna make it Daniel and Johnny versus Crease, you need Crease to have a have a partner, yeah, and that, that makes sense. So world title, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's gonna be great. I really enjoyed. Um, was it season three where Johnny and Daniel teamed up? They're looking for Robbie after he. Mm-hmm. Or what's his name? Yep. Yeah, that was just like odd couple hilarity. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I, th- I think Johnny's really relatable. Like, I know he, he can be you know he can be a dick sometimes, and he gets frustrated, yells at that woman that he's hanging the TV on, but <laughs> hanging. <laughs> I'm like, I instantly relate to that guy. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You put that on the wrong wall. This is why you told me to put it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, did anybody else find it stupid that at the end of season, end of season one, beginning of season two, Johnny just freaking jumps out of this challenger and tosses someone the keys and walks away from it? Like, what the I hell? Knew I knew you'd bring that up. <laughs> like, bring what, that up. What the hell? I was like, oh, Jared's probably crying over this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that like one of your dream cars or something? It's a Mopar, so I like it. Yeah. Like, hey, give it know, to me. I'll paint. It. It, I'll paint it another color and make it look pretty. I mean, the color was fine. Yeah. That matte black. Nice. Yep. Let's take your crappy stickers off. Yeah. All the yellow. But I'm like, like, really? You're going to just toss the keys to someone and walk away? That doesn't make any damn sense. WTF, mate. <laughs> no, it's a very TV Hollywood thing, but yeah. it's fun. No one in his position is going to give up a car without selling it. So. He's for fun. <laughs> He's for fun. So. <laughs> uh. And um, then he ends up taking the minivan later on. The one that uh, yeah. his <laughs> kids stole. One. It's awesome. And it got beat the crap out of. It's like, I'm just going to drive around this junk delivery van. I got one more factoid. Ooh. So the beginning of the second movie, yep. it like picks up right after the tournament, basically. Mm-hmm. That apparently was the original ending of the first movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Cree, the, direct- the Cree scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was apparently the, the original ending. And the director just didn't want to do that he wanted it to end with you know they had just won and miyagi was happy <clears throat> so when they decided to finally do a second movie they're like we're gonna start there yeah which is why elizabeth shoe is not in that scene <laughs> mm-hmm. so i thought that was interesting i will say that when i watched the first movie i thought that so so this is 
modern me thinking old not thinking about old school movies i thought that scene was an end credit scene yeah at the end of the movie and i'm like i watched and i went through we skipped through the credits because i skipped through the credits on every movie now and we got to the end and it just ended i'm like well where was that scene and then i we started the second movie and it was right there i'm like oh (laughs) old movies those scenes aren't at the end of credits nope it was written but they never filmed it they waited until the second film well nowadays they would have put that scene at the end of the movie to set up what was going to happen in the second is basically what they're something how they would have kind of hate that marvel started that (laughs) they yeah they are the ones i mean post credit scenes have been done in um not even MCU movies. I mean, the uh, X-Men movies were doing it too, mm-hmm. but they were more just like little tiny snippets, you know? Well, usually it used to be that like things that happened in the credits were like at funny movies and they were doing, showing the outtakes. Oh yeah. Like, like all the, the, like all the scary movies had that crap in it of all the no, stupid outtakes uh, and stuff. Like Cannonball Run. Yep. Is got throughout the entire credits. It's just outtakes. Yep whole movie it's hilarious great movie and that's in the 70s yep or at least the first one is i think let's see those are good movies yes yes i have all three you want fun race yeah the third one's not i mean it's not horrible well the third smoking the bandit is horrible two and that's that same that's still oh, cannonball runs 81 Ooh. good year good year <laughs> um my last factoid i found another one. Oh, okay my my notes are atrocious this time <laughs> so the guy who did the soundtrack his name is bill conti which by the way perfect which they used a lot of the same type of stuff in the show different guys doing it but they used a lot of his old stuff which mm-hmm. was cool he apparently did uh the scores for rocky one two and three oh, so nice. i thought that was pretty interesting too i'm like this is why i like at least the first movie <laughs> yeah first movie. <laughs> Because they're weird. Like, if you like Kung Fu, these aren't the best movies. Like, you don't watch them for the fighting because, you know, it's like kids and just actors doing it. Whereas I think you can fake boxing a lot easier. (laughs) True. I mean, it's it's faked for real. So, Uh, (laughs) shots fired. So, Adam. Um, oh, have any of you guys seen the next Karate Kid? Do you yes. Even know what it is? Yes. Sadly. Is that the one with uh, Will Smith's kid? No. Oh. That's no. called Karate Kid, and that was apparently supposed to be like some Karate. sort of. Wait a minute. The next Karate Kid. Not a not a remake because they're different characters, but a remake. You know, like they I do have to say that I, I watched that one with Jaden Smith. I did watch it. Um, because I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not, and I had never seen it before because I can't stand. I had completely forgot about this movie. I can't stand Robin uh, Hollywood royalty kids, mm-hmm. um, usually. But I have to say that that, that I enjoyed that movie more than I wanted to. <laughs> I, I would only watch that movie for Jackie Chan, but I don't. I hate any kind of remakes. Yeah. Just principle, like, hello, they just made a three now four season show based off these movies and i think they've done a good job so you don't have they're proving you don't have to remake stuff exactly but no so the next karate kid i don't i don't know anything about that then so the next karate kid starred hillary swank 
as Mr. Miyagi's new protege. Really? And it was apparently in like um, early 90s. 94. And, and Pat Miorda, Moreta, was in it? Yep. Who? Who? Mr. Miyagi. Whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was playing Miyagi again. Oh, 1994 it came out. Michael. I remember that movie, but barely. Uh, I, I don't at all. Because I remember the girl. Well, Hilary Swank is um, amazing in, is it Million Dollar Baby? Is that the boxing movie she did? Yes. I don't have yeah. that movie. That's so that when I saw that, I'm like, really? That didn't work? Huh. Must have just been the writing. Cause well, if, from well what I remember world. of it, it wasn't a great movie either. So <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't even know if I ever heard about it. Yeah, I've never seen it either. I'm curious now, though. I'm going to have to get it. Let's do a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> it made $15.8 million, so it's the lowest grossing. Well, that's box office. It cost $12 million and made $15.8 million in the box office. Yikes. It's got a... Uh, oh, my God. I've never seen a score that low. <laughs> it's Rotten Tomatoes score. Audience, yeah. audience score, by the way. Screw the friggin' critics. Yeah. It, audience score is 24%. Wow. That's low. That is super low. It does exist in this timeline, though. So we could see Hillary Swank show up. Could. They could reference it after they get done with the season four story. They could have her show up somehow. Or she shows up somewhere in the middle of season four when they're dealing with Grease. Yeah. So (laughs) trying to help help Johnny and Daniel. Yeah, I'm wondering... if, if, oh, uh, it's it's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yep. This is why uh, they stopped making these movies because this one bombed so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had t- you had three, which technically was a success, but really kind of bombed. And then they tried to reboot it Some, with this. They, well, it's not a reboot. It's supposed to be later, but well, no, I mean it's not a reboot, but it, they tried to reinvigorate it with casting a different main character besides Mr. Miyagi. Well, Daniel was, I think he was near 30 when they made the third movie, so. Yeah. Getting a little I mean, old. It's crazy. Well, this movie came out in 1994. 94. So, I'm just going to put this in perspective. This, this, is the, this is the kind of movies it was competing with in the year, in, in 1994. This will be good. Legends of the Fall. Leon the Professional, Wyatt Earp, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> The Usual Suspects, Clear and Present Danger, Mask, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Natural Born Killers, huh, Street Fighter, <laughs> <laughs> Speed, Interview with a Vampire, Dumb and Dumber, Forrest Gump, The Crow. Jeez. So, Stargate, I know that you guys don't care about that, but I no, still love that I- movie. No, I like the movie. I just don't want that idiot who made that movie to be like, yeah, all this 20 years of history is crap. I'm going to throw it away. Man, 1994. No way. I mean, it kind of. Looking at all the movies that came out in 1994, it's 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 kind of obvious why this one just kind of like fell off and nobody has any idea. Well, I don't know how they got it greenlit, honestly, If the, since the third one was so bad. I mean, other than they were like, OK. Let's get. We're just gonna make the first movie again, and this time we're gonna make it with a girl, and 
let's see how it goes. And I'm sure that's what this movie is. Well, I mean, they were, let's face it, they were 26 years ahead of time. If they pitched that today, it would get a $100 million budget and it would be fucking forced down everybody's throat, whether they liked it or not. Don't let anyone tell you that, you know, women in powerful roles and starring roles is a new thing. There's plenty of stuff in the 70s and 80s that were doing it well before. Well, not only that, but the thing that always cracks me up about that argument is like, oh, we care about women. We're making. No, you're not. You're not making anything original. As a matter of fact, what you're doing should be offensive to the to, to feminists everywhere. You're you're empowering women by dusting off an old relic, shot by shot, recreating it and releasing it with an all female cast. Like it's a joke. It is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Like honestly, it's kind of offensive. It is. If you re- make make a brand dude, I, and that's the thing that pisses me off about these these remakes they're doing. It has nothing to do with any kind of misogyny. Create a movie. You've got plenty of good writers in Hollywood. There there still are some left. Create a brand new movie, cast it with all the women you want to, but make it a good, compelling story. The, the, uh, problem, the problem with Hollywood is that there's like seven guys in charge, and they're not in touch people. That's for sure. They're very well, out of touch yeah. old people who just like, I know, Ghostbusters was cool. We'll do it with a bunch of girls. Lame. So there's this documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster on Earth. And it's actually really fascinating if you haven't watched it. And there's actually still one operating blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. And that's what this is about. Um, so they were talking during that, that back in the day, the reason why, you know, the movie rental places were so successful is because of how astronomically expensive VHS tapes were when they first came around. Mm. But the thing that that afforded is that they would have you know, they would have a lot of straight-to-video releases. So I think with all these streaming services coming up now and all the streaming services we have, we're starting to see that again. Like, yeah. you you get your big blockbusters, but now you get those kind of, like, offshoot stories. And that's, I think, there, there definitely are some gems that are coming out lately that aren't into that mass-produced, cookie-cutter plot bullshit <laughs> that Hollywood's been putting out for the last 20 years. But the fact of the matter is, it's... They want to make sure they're making money. They don't like taking gambles. So I imagine there's tons of great stories over the years that have been shelved because it's a financial gamble. And they'll just keep regurgitating the same shit over and over and over again because it's proven that it works. Well, and I'd even bring that back to Cobra Kai, honestly. I know it's it's an old franchise, but it's a pretty original story. Like, they're pulling everything from all these characters and throwing in all these new characters and it's really working yeah which and it's been, i mean i've been highly entertained by this show 100 percent, i agree and i'm all for cashing out on nostalgia i mean let's be real here i'm i cash out on the nostalgia all you want i mean but it's if, got if, if you if you watch stranger things you know this the story's good and the story's compelling but what sold that show right off the jump is all of us 80s kids that were like holy <laughs> shit, i remember that kind of childhood you know, yep. um, that's also original, which was nice. Yeah. And lots of new actors that you've never seen before. That's always a plus. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like you can cash out on the nostalgia by continuing the story on. You don't have to remake it. Restart. 
Which Tron, Tron is a fantastic example of that. Oh, so I love Tron. Tron. Tron was a huge success in the 80s, and then they, they did that sequel Tron. several years ago. Uh, 10, 11 years now. <laughs> it's crazy that it's been that long. Yep, I remember. But in, instead of doing like a shot-for-shot shot remake of Tron, they carried on the story, and it was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, it's nothing like the first movie. Story-wise, I mean. Save the llama for your mama. So... I will say that I was severely disappointed in the Tron Legacy movie. Really? Blasphemy. I know, right? Get out. No, so, I said good day, sir! So <laughs> my, pro- my, my problem with that movie was not the story. The story was good. It was a good continuation. Yes. It did not live up to... It's, it's, to me, it's like if you're going to take one of the most innovative movies of the time Mm -hmm. for special effects and everything like Tron was at that point and you're gonna make a sequel this many years later you gotta step up special effects and visual effects you gotta push that envelope and they didn't I I would they just made a sequel and made it look like it for the time it was 2010 is when that came out. Mm-hmm. For the time, it looked good. Now, they might not have been pushing. They didn't do anything groundbreaking in it. To be able to just go back to that world and see it. Oh, I loved... I, visually, I loved, what the, I loved how they reimagined it with modern technology. Oh, but the at the same time, I'm like... And the soundtrack was great. Oh. But at the same I, time, I'm like, you did nothing groundbreaking. You didn't do anything special to live up when, to the legacy of the first. Yeah, I, I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm sick, I watch that movie. It's still a great I'll movie. Watch it like four times a day. Whenever I'm like, I, I'm on the couch for the day, I'm going to watch Tron. Just listen to Daft Punk. They d- Now, I, I will disagree with you and say you're wrong about one part of that movie, Jared. Okay. They did push the envelope as far as uh, the CGI face of young Jeff Bridges. True. That had never been done before. And that does that actually does stand up to a point even now, 10 years later. If you look at it now, you see it. It's almost like the um, um, Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian. Yeah. It's like looks okay it's not it's not great it's not you know mcu level where they've like perfected it mm-hmm. but well, that that aspect was pretty interesting faces are difficult to do i mean everybody yeah. knows the most difficult thing you can possibly do in cgi is try to erase somebody's mustache <laughs> i was wondering if that was where you're going <laughs> which is not true but as someone who has been drawing my whole life faces are the hardest thing in the world to draw and so I have no doubt that that translates to a screen, which is why Marvel, whoever developed the technology of it's not the deep fake technology, but it's that where they use the, the CGI dots and stuff and they impose motion and, capture. Yeah. Motion captures just it's a brilliant mix of those things. So mm-hmm. the point where we are probably going to start having dead people be on our screens. Within the next 10 years, I bet. Yep. I mean, Admiral Tarkin, wasn't he dead? Yeah, but it wasn't 
Admiral Tarkin. It was a guy portraying that character. Oh, okay. I see. I thought that they put his face on the guy, though. They did, but didn't. It was like a a, a mix. So I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I was thinking like full on automated, like, like let's say Carrie Fisher writes away and says, "Yes, you can do this," and they have a complete, you know, map of her face. They have a complete uh, map of her voice so they can emulate her voice. And she's in a movie. It's completely CGI 100% to be her, but she's dead. Yeah. That to me is, that's a weird line to go into. It is. And I'm pretty sure the next 10 years, somebody's going to do it. Well, you you know, with all the the deep, so slightly off topic. Still on realm of te- television and movies, but off topic. The whole deep fake software where you can basically make anyone look like anyone. Yeah, I mean, there's like that, an app you can do it with now. Yeah, there's actually an episode of a TV show I watch called Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and it's a basically a lawyer show, a court show, and mm-hmm. one of the episodes that they they dealt with that deep fake stuff in court was someone produced a video of the the defendant one mm. of his competitors produced a video for the the uh prosecutor and it was yeah. it was a deep fake video okay. yeah it looked exactly be... like the defendant and it was i mean it was like picture perfect I'm like that's i'm i'm glad they're touching on that because it's becoming more of a, a weird subject so but but deep faking does require an actual person to do whatever yes. yeah so to me, the Tarkin thing is a deep fake where somebody else is portraying. So you're yeah. saying that when the day comes where they're actually from head to toe, head voice, to- action, everything, generating the image of a yeah. dead person. It'd be pure CGI at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, James Gunn's brother stands in for all these different CGI characters. Like James he, he, Gunn's he, brother, James Pistol. Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name piss off (laughs) i see his face in my head he's always squatting down to be rocket anyway he plays weasel the new suicide squad so you would you'll you'll employ somebody to to walk around in a green suit just to mocap but yeah it'll just be cgi head to toe of this actual person that was an actor but has written off their rights to be like yes my family can use my likeness in whatever you know that type of thing. That's that's a weird line to be. It is. Deep fakes are are still kind of a weird line, but yeah. Wow, we got off. I got way off topic. Really, we're good. going. We don't need any rails. <laughs> yep. I was just thinking that. <laughs> wow. Good job. Yes. We all get a gold star for the day. No rails. I kind of want to go log on to Netflix and watch this next Karate Kid movie now. Ah, the Hillary Swank one. You should. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know where this this came up, but I know you were talking about Ghostbusters a minute ago. Um, mm-hmm. Where were we? Did you? I saw a a new kind yeah. of preview to the new movie Afterlife, where yeah. it's the director talking, uh, basically talking about the movie. Yeah. The director no. of Afterlife is the son of the director that did the original two yes i did know that 
And his father was on set during all the filming of Afterlife. That's cool. So he got to see he basically got like so it was literally reversed when when his when the when the dad was doing the original two, he was on set as a kid watching the father create the first two. And oh, it turned cool. around and now the son is creating the third installment with the dad watching. I was like, that is so freaking awesome. <laughs> it is pretty cool. So it just makes me want to see Afterlife even more now that I know that yeah, it's when the technically... hell are they releasing that movie? Sometime okay, this year. So originally it was supposed to be July tenth of last year. So yeah. just imagine that. Yeah. We would have seen it already. Yep. It's now coming out November eleventh. Wow, because when I look it up on Google, it says release date date June eleventh <laughs> of this year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not even updating the right information. It was pushed to March fifth of twenty twenty one, then October twenty first. Oh, and then on, on October 21st, they pushed it to June 11th. Yep. Now, in January, they pushed, yeah, so. <laughs> to November 11th. Yeah. Ugh. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to see that movie. Well. I'm looking forward to that. Original Ghostbusters and Paul Rudd. What are you, you going to do? Exactly. Can't go wrong. Exactly. You guys never heard of the Ghostbusters? Go. And the sad thing is, I am looking more forward to that movie, even though it's been pushed back, than I am Black Widow at this point. I'm still really looking forward to Black Widow. I I am too. I I think it will be fun. It will not be groundbreaking, so Jared will hate it. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Hated it. It's it's. I think the story is supposed to take place between Infinity War an end game so mm-hmm. in the five years so well, i mean it would it would have to because well it, it, who knows i mean it could well, take place way before then would that's be true yeah. uh, we don't have to get too far off topic but being three episodes into loki now they they created this show to basically be like shut up we can do whatever we want yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. i am kevin feige you will listen um <laughs> but to say that, I th- I'm sure we will enjoy Black Widow, but I am looking forward to Shang-Chi. Did you guys see the full trailer that released this week? Oh, yes. Nope. Dude, I, I, I was looking forward to this movie with just the teaser. Now with the full thing, it's like, yep, this is going to be probably the best movie all year as far as MCU goes. Wait, it's a movie? I thought it was going to be a show. Shang-Chi? No, it's, oh, a movie. No, it's a movie. Oh. It comes All this time, out I thought it was a show. Birthday. It comes out when? On your birthday. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> um, I, it'd be a neat show, but I think the problem is, uh, well, maybe you wouldn't have this problem on Disney Plus, but I think you wouldn't get the same money. So some of these visual effects that they're going to do in this movie just, just the trailers blow me away. So I can't imagine what it's going to look like. They might even be pushing the limits, Jared. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Venom 2 is supposed to be coming out soon as well. Yes. And the, the trailer for that, I saw a trailer for that the other day. It was a teaser trailer, so it wasn't like a full-on thing, but it looks awesome. <laughs> yes. I want to see That's that movie. one where he's cooking, right? At the beginning? Yes. Yes. Mmm, yes. yummy. Everything about Venom, the Venom movies is great. Yep. Love those movies. They... Sony really needs to just hand over all their Marvel properties. Like, just 
just let Kevin Feige do it. Not that they're doing a bad job, but they're just like they're holding on to them with just white knuckling and like these are mine, these are mine, these five characters are mine. <laughs> on the Go topic ahead. of Marvel, Marvel, and I'm gonna the loose term of television shows. Um, okay. Is it just me, or is the concept of the fact that they're calling these things television shows? And they're only one season, and then they aren't done. Seem a little bit. Yeah, it shouldn't be called a television show. It should be called a miniseries. Exactly. It's they are miniseries. Well, I would take it as two things. They're either a mislabeling them, and they are miniseries, or b they really do have some sort of plan to bring them all back at some point, but they require these giant movies to have the story continued, like. It might have been Sam Raimi because he's directed um, the next Doctor Strange movie, which is where Wanda's story continues. And he's like, well, you do see the rest of Wanda's story, but it's in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I maybe that's why they don't really know what to label them, because they require this other giant thing that's not connected to the show to keep these characters' stories moving, and then they'll come back and revisit them. But at the, but at the same really time, done. it's not going to be the show's not going to be Wanda and the Vision next time it comes up. It'll probably be something else. We don't know. So I don't there know. It just seems weird there. to me because it's like I watch, I add these things to my to to my download list, and then like as soon as the last episode airs, it it's they listed as ended, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is <laughs> odd. Uh, I mean, cap. Uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That'll be back for sure. True. They're not going to stop telling those guys' story. And honestly, I like that story when they can flush it out like that, too. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we had planned. We're obviously going to do Black Widow next. Yes. Um, and then I would assume Loki after that because that'll be pretty quick. Because Black Widow comes out July 9th. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Masters of the Universe starts July 23rd. A He-Man show? Yes. Really? Oh, you haven't seen the uh, trailer? No, I haven't. That's complete news to me. I'm actually shocked that He-Man and all his toxic masculinity was even greenlit by anybody. (laughs) I'm happy now knowing it's animated. I thought they were going to do something live action, and I was like, oof. Oh, no, no. Is that... The movie Masters of the Universe was no, 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 difficult to watch as an adult. You hear his name, Skeletor? Who's voicing it? Yeah. No, I was going to ask you. Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah. Man, doing baddies again. (laughs) That's great. That dude has got great. So, so are we going to listen? Impressive voice acting resume. Yeah. So we're going to watch He Man and listen to the Joker. Uh, no, he's he's not playing Joker. He's playing. Well, no, of... I mean, I mean, but it's like his voice is a lot of times really easy to pick out from well, other animated you, stuff. So. But if you went through and like, I don't know, find a YouTube of all the characters he's done voices for, you'd probably be like, really? There's some baddies out there that you're like, oh, OK, cool. Cool. Everybody knows Joker, obviously, which is his best, but. This might be the second best. <laughs> we'll see. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, the other one I know I want to do is Bad Batch when it's done. Oh, yes. 
such a good show. <laughs> it's an amazing show, and it's amazing to me because I was years late watching Clone Wars. So, me too. I started watching Clone Wars when what there were seven total seasons. So I started watching it when the sixth season was wrapping up. Well, wow. the sixth season wasn't even a real season. That's true. And I remember I even sent you a message, and I was like, man, I would love to see a show about the Bad Batch. And then, lo and behold. <laughs> yep. So are they only doing the one season of it, then? I have no idea. I've not heard. As far as I'm concerned, you've got... There's 25 years between episode 3 and 4, and that's where this exists. Yep. Keep going. Yep. Let's go, baby. Season. Hmm. And then at the very end, kill them all. Speaking of Star Wars... I started playing. Don't get me started. Oh, yeah. Want to talk about what we're playing video game wise? I, uh, so I Let's bought do... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order yeah. back when it first came out. And yeah. I only ever played like the little intro thing where you have to like climb to the top of the thing. And then I got sidetracked by ESO and fell into the black hole that is Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> uh, but now I just started playing Fallen Order again. And. Cool. I'm really liking it, dude. I'm, I love it so far. I'm setting it to story mode, so it's like super easy combat because I'm really wanting to pay attention to the story. Um, it's, but it's got difficult combat anyway, so that's probably the, not a bad idea. The graphics are phenomenal, and I, I love. Uh, it's one of those games that it's like it's it's some very long cutscenes in there, but they're it's like watching them. It's like being part of an interactive movie so far. I'm really enjoying it. Well, and I'm I'm pretty sure that game's not the first, but they have at least continued the trend of the actors that are portraying them, mm-hmm. voice actors, their characters are be uh, look like them. Yeah. So I, I always thought that like that sort of took my brain a few minutes. Not just with that game, but with some of the other games that have started to do it too. You're like, oh, this is interesting. Like. You don't have to look like it. You're just voicing this character, but I guess it works. I recommend that um, if you like Star Wars. Yeah, because the reason I thought about it is because from what I gather, this game falls right into that time period as well. Yeah, from Bad Batch, this is like eight to ten years later, probably. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, the Empire is fully in control, so you're doing lots of old school like sneaking around and stuff and killing stormtroopers, which is fun. Jared, what have you been playing lately? Anything? No, not really. Sadly, I'm in the realm of phone games for time sake. I get that. Jared's married now. His gaming days are over. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things because I'm working at home. So, like when I so I will say this is I I will say part of this is the fault of the whole last year and being at home and in my home office all day, I get done with eight hours of sitting in my home office and I really just don't want to set up my gaming rig for another five. Yep. Cause I've that. been underneath the same lighting and the same walls for eight hours. And it's, it's like when I was working in the office, I could come home and we could go down, I could go downstairs and play some games because yeah. it wasn't the same room I'd seen all day. Um, so I find myself on the couch watching a ton of TV versus playing video games. No, I so. get that. For me, it's it's a lot to do with COVID too, right? Mm-hmm. Like now that yeah. the world is going back to some normalcy, 
quite yeah. a lot of normalcy, actually. I've noticed yeah. that the amount of time that I'm spending gaming is a lot lower. But yeah. I will say, man, Elder Scrolls Online helped me keep my sanity through the oh, lockdown. Yeah. I think it helped a lot of people. I've been taking a break from that. Me too. I um... I, I played every I I play it here and there, but nowhere yeah. near as as much as I was. And I'm sure that'll be a little while, and I'll go back to playing it some more. It's yeah, it's not like it's not a dislike by any means. It's just oh no, I um <clears throat> I reinstalled Star Wars Old Republic, which is the oh, Star nice. Wars MMO, and that it... was on sale. Oh, was it cool? There was some Star Wars that was on the summer sale that was the online one. I don't I don't know. Probably. It's um oh no. It's free to play now. I bought oh, okay. that game. It came out I think it came out eleven, twelve years ago. Um no, it came out when I lived in Savannah. So that was like twelve, I think. Anyway, I bought it day one it came out. That's how excited I was because it's basically a continuation of the Knights of the Old Republic series. So I'm like, sweet. Which is like a thousand years before the original trilogy movies. So the Sith are not, you know, two morons who are just bickering and waiting for the other one to kill them. They're an actual army. Nice. So there's just thousands of Jedis and thousands of Siths, and it's just awesome. Anyway, <laughs> this game is somewhat unique as far as MMOs go, because, and this is what keeps drawing me back to this game, because the graphics are very cartoony at this point, and eh, whatever. But the storytelling is very good. There are eight classes in the game, and every class has its own unique story. Oh, wow. And while those, back in the day, you used to have to do all the different level, all the different planets that you go to, to level up, and that got really tedious mm -hmm. now you don't have to do that you can literally make a character one to level 50 and only do your story class story quests so mm -hmm. like i can leisurely go back play a online game that's supposed to be with other people and do it all by myself and only play the class story which is great because i've only done like half of them so <laughs> i can do the other half now and then it's got some expansions and stuff after that. And man, I, whenever I play this game, I'm always just like, how did you screw up episode seven, eight, and nine? Because there's so much just in this one game. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I highly recommend those to anybody. Just if you just, you can just play the Jedi Knight character and that's like playing a regular Star Wars character. <laughs> that's why I like Elder Scrolls a lot too, because... It is a fantastic community. For an MMO, it's a fantastic community. Oh, yeah. Probably. But it's also it's also a fantastic single-player game, and there <laughs> is a ton of content in it. Oh, what? Hundreds of hours. Dude, I was, I was just... I pulled it up on my Steam just to look at it, and I, I said that this saved my sanity during the lockdown. I started playing this in April of 2020. I've got over 2,000 hours in it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a lot and of there's, crap. Still, there's still stuff in that game that I have not done. And I'm not even talking about group stuff. There's still like quests and stuff. Oh, random yeah. quests in various zones that I've never even touched. If you like uh, 
the Skyrim or the Oblivion or any of the older ones that no one likes anymore. But I like them. Speaking of which, did they did they actually release a hard date for Elder Scrolls Six? At uh... I'm gonna let you answer this. That no. Sumo pad. Sumo pad. That that means you're right. Yeah, I figured <laughs> as much. I, I was going to actually talk about E3, but there really wasn't that much stuff. There was a lot of like game announcements of stuff that might come at some point. Um, Like there was a really cool indie game announced that they're called Replaced. And I thought it was it's like um, a side scroller and it's like 8 bit. But the world is like in a 3D world and it has like depth to it and really cool art. I thought that personally was really cool, so I put that on my Steam wish list right away. Um, you know, th- there's some cool, like Far Cry Six. You and I were talking about that a little. That looks cool. There's there's some cool games coming out, but there was nothing like, oh my god, you know, like yeah. Nintendo's biggest reveal was we're gonna make Breath of the Wild two. Well, of course you are because it's an amazing game, <laughs> but there was nothing about it. So it, that was a lot of E3. Speaking of games and gaming, I'm looking at your profile on Steam right now, and I know that there's going to be people listening to this, so I'm not going to dime out your name, but hey. 17 years of service. What, <laughs> oh, what the hell was this platform even like, and what games were you playing 17 years ago? Well, I can tell you what it was like. It was trash, wasn't it, Jared? Mm-hmm. Steam for the at least the first two years was awful. It did nothing. It didn't work. They had there was nothing on there. <laughs> it was just it was like a concept. <laughs> well, I, that's what I was wondering because I saw that and I was like, I didn't. I wouldn't even have guessed that it's that old. Adam, the only the only reason Jared and I used it was because we were such Half Life fans. Yep, and it's the same company that made Half Life, which is why they don't make games anymore because they make so much damn money on that every year. Yep. You remember when Steam first came out, how how I was like, why would I ever buy a game digitally? I want my freaking CD. I want my physical media. I don't want someone else to own my game. Okay. And so now every game I have is on Steam. You brought it up naturally. <laughs> I was thinking about discussing this. And I wasn't going to, but you brought it up naturally. So uh, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Digital rights media. Mm-hmm. You know what that means. It is, uh, or digital rights management, excuse me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's basically Steam. I pay Steam money. They give me a service of I get to play Jedi Fallen Order forever. The problem is I most of these games you have to be online for, even if they're offline games, and your account can get screwed up. I mean, it's possible. So I found a new service company, whatever. It's GOG.com. Yep. You ever heard of GOG.com is Steam. They do exactly what Steam does, except when you buy their stuff, you own it forever. Just like old school. So when we used to go to <sighs> Best Buy, where else would we go? Game Radar? Game, what was the one on the malls? GameStop? GameStop was one of them. There was another uh, one, too. What was the anyway, other one? I don't remember. Those were the main like three places you'd go to buy video games. Yeah. You would buy a box, and inside it would be a CD. And yeah. you, 
I always thought they would be like, oh, they're going to keep selling these boxes, but they'll be on flash drive. So they'll be super tiny. No, they just skipped that and went straight digital, which yep. sucks because you technically don't really own all this stuff because it can go away like that and you're done. Um, whereas, yeah, Geo- so like yeah. if Steam, if Steam like decided to stop existing, everything that we've done on there, everything we spent on there, everything we quote unquote own on there is gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, GOG.com does the same service as Steam. They actually are better, in my opinion, because they take these older games that don't run on Windows 10 very well anymore, and they fix them. So that everything is fixed in the game to run currently. Then they sell it. They have sales all the time. And you own it. Does Steam own GOG.com? Because no. I'm on their website right now, and the main page looks suspiciously like the uh well it's just because they're having a sale right now okay everybody's sort of having a they've actually been having theirs for a while and steam just started theirs gotcha Uh, but they they have a lot of um there's a lot of stuff on there about how they want to be different making account making an account right now yeah it's pretty cool and then when they they have of course jared's favorite thing they have their own launcher (laughs) <laughs> but their launcher, you can link all of your other launchers to them and see all your different games. So if I go to my own games, I click on it and I can see 234 titles. Nice. Yeah, I have not bought that. I've bought I've bought two titles from them. Two titles. And I can see what I have installed. I can like rate stuff. I can see all the hours that I've put in to each game, which is a little disturbing, but <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. I highly recommend it to anybody who's like getting a little te- uh, tired of uh, Valve. <laughs> I'm not going to stop using Steam because they have wonderful sales and things, but it's just an alternative. It's pretty cool just to be like, I own this. So I've just kind of been going back and when they have a sale on like old games that I love and I, I think I actually don't own a physical you know, game of the year, ultimate edition or whatever of this game that I love and want to play forever. I'll just buy it when it's five, 10 bucks, you know? And the thing that led me to this website was Neverwinter 2. So Neverwinter 2 came out. Neverwinter is a wonderful RPG. Um, Neverwinter 2 is the obvious sequel. When that game ca- came out and I bought that on DVD, that's how old it is. It's like, oh, oh, six i think is when that came out something like that five or six it was coded so poorly that there were like there were game ending crashes to it like you cannot pass this point in a game and i've never finished that game because you were never able to patch it or like i know there was a some convoluted way that damon was able to figure out once (laughs) that didn't work for me so it's just like, how can you release a game like this? Well, that game is available here and it works. So that's it's like that's like Fallout Three. I cannot get Fallout Three to work on on my computer. I cannot. Well, I've gone to, let's I've see. gone into the forums. I've gone to various websites and tried every single workaround. It will not run on my computer. Well, I got news for you, buddy. It's half off right now. It's for ten dollars. What on on Gog? On GOG, Fallout 3, Game of the Year edition, and it's guaranteed to work or they'll give it back to you. Does it really say that? Yeah. Check them out. They're pretty cool, man. 
about to buy that right now because I would love to play that game again. Here, the second review, overall most helpful reviews. The second one says, leave it to GOG to release a version of Fallout 3 that actually works out of the box. <laughs> yeah, that shit pissed me off, though, because I contacted Steam. Yeah, they don't care. And Do they're you... like, they're like, oh, it shows that you've played this. If you because I have because I have like forty one minutes right, and you know what that forty one minutes is? That's how many times I've kept launching the fucking thing, and it crashing, and me trying to get it to work. It was a cumulative of forty one minutes, and I tried to explain that to them, and this is such a known problem. Like there's an entire forum yeah. about getting Fallout Three to work, and they're like, "Nope, sorry, you bought it." Well, now <laughs> they did change their policy. It's like if you've played under two hours or one hour something like that steam will refund stuff now but you sometimes have to push them which is ridiculous so yeah any of the any old games that you're looking to play man go there and they do have new stuff like i'm looking at cyberpunk for 40 bucks right now so but also um recommend epic just because they give away so many free games yeah i always forget that i have that one on my computer as well me too and when they give it away free on Epic, it's like it's free forever. It's not like one of those free to play for like a week and then you have to buy yeah. it kind of things like no, Steam no, no. is. No. Well, like World War Z, Stanley Parable, Long Dark, Surviving Stanley Mars. Parable. These are just some of the ones I own. Stanley All Parable. the Batman Lego ones, the newest Hitman one. They gave away GTA 5 once. <laughs> Holy crap. All the uh, Batman Arkham games. Did those stand up? I play. I I remember. Yeah, I've always wanted amazing. to play those, and I like. But I see the year that they're released, and they're amazing. They're still good. They're amazing. Okay. And if the graphics, the graphics are still pretty good, you can get mods to update some of the graphics. So, they gave away Battlefront two once. Uh, the Ghostbusters game, which was, I recommend that to anybody who wants to see the uh, real Ghostbusters movie. It's basically that story i've got a surprising uh game pitch that i'll i have game that i'll give a thumbs up to is the the pga tour 2k 21 oh yeah dude it's so good it's, it's one of cool. it is one of the best golfing games i've ever played period that's a I strong to, statement i know i can't wait to try it though um uh, Nintendo just came out with Mario Golf that actually looks pretty fun. <laughs> I love Wii Golf was my jam for years. Yeah. I loved Wii Golf. It's funny because I, I absolutely despise golf in real life, but I love it as a game because it's it's something you can relax and play. Exactly. Exactly. As a person that's always playing RPG or RTS games, it's nice to have a couple in the old catalog that are just like, okay, I can sit here and zone out and still play. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. Yeah. All right, so Jared, you got an announcement to make or what? I do. I do. Ooh, let me let me play the sounder. Ready for some hot news? Hot news. What? What? What is Cogland? And I don't know if I have, if our like two listeners know what that is. We've talked about it before, but it's a computer gaming event that I host here in Columbus, Ohio. Um. Sadly, we had to take a year off. Almost, it's going to be almost two years by the time we get this one on the books. Um, yeah, sadly, two years of no in-person land parties is a long time to go. 
Um, but we will be back for the retry of Cogland 6, which got canceled last spring. 2020 spring, not 2021 spring. Um, this October, on the 16th and 17th of October, by the way. We should so. call it Cogland 6 again. <laughs> Cogland 6. Let's try this again. Dang. Or Cogland 6. Um, returns with a vengeance. Uh, this time it's pissed. <laughs> but no, we are going to try to pull this off again. And hopefully this time it happens. Um, we have our we have the building that we were, were going to use last time. We have dates set now with the venue and basically checking with our other lands so that we're not all trying to have a land on the same day. Um, so that everybody can go to a whole bunch of them. Um, registration won't be open for a moment, but get it on your calendar if you want to come. Please, please, please. And thank you. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to having, to being, even though I'm running it, I'm looking forward to going to a Get these back, get these back. I can't go that low even with mine. Cogland's back. Yep. Holy crap. So, Gog. Yes. Get this. No, it's Cog. C O G. <laughs> no. I'm talking about Gogland. Or Gog.com. Gogland. Gog. Gogland. Uh, so, no. I just bought. I just bought. Um, Fallout 3. Nice. Guess what it gave me? A uh, hug? The Elder Scrolls 1 Arena and the <laughs> Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall. Oh nice. my god. Why did it give you Daggerfall? I don't know. But I just looked in my it's... games and I've got Elder Scrolls, the Elder Scrolls Arena, and the Elder Scrolls Chapter 2 Daggerfall. Wow, you need to give those to me because you're going to not play those. <laughs> <laughs> They're free. I, I so go, I, you should go on there and see if you can get. They're free. They're just. I didn't oh, do anything. They're just in my games folder. Good time. All right. Well, insert uh, the time when we stop the podcast. <laughs> I think my brain has stopped working at this point. Pop pop pop. I'm immortal ironfish! WTF, mate?